taken away. My glasses are filthy. <laughs> what happens? Well, especially when you haven't showered in a day and a half, you kind of get a little greasy. Oh, you showered today, didn't you? Not yet. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was considering doing a... Uh, the workout, but I don't see that happening after uh, pulled pork pizza. Oof! Yeah, that'll, that'll slow you down. <laughs> uh, hey, folks! This is another mini episode. Uh, Chalupa and I are just uh, following up our uh, opening episode on Primal. So, as uh, one thing that I believe that we mentioned in the the past episode, but just to let you know, uh, we are going in a reverse order didn't realize this that the site that we found it on had put them all up but just in the the wrong orientation which i'm going to defend because uh i really enjoyed the way that we watched it so we're going to go episode by episode backwards and uh i think it uh if you haven't seen this series before don't worry if you watch it backwards it uh adds a little bit of mystery (laughs) And I'd like to bring it up. Uh, I never knew this beforehand. I just assumed. But Fang is a female. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I always thought it, uh, Fang was a male. Um, you know, like, it's just like, because, like, the, the comparison, like, you know, father and father, maybe that was the bond they had. But just looking at, um, I know it can't be reliable all the time, but Wikipedia, I'm, I'm sure Wikipedia is accurate for at least this primal TV series. Mm. Uh, yeah, it says that. Uh, Fang is a medium-sized female Tyrannosaurus whose tragedy begins. Um, we won't really jump into that right now because like, we're going to be talking about it here with this mo- the, the most recent... Well, uh, the, the episode that would be coming next after we left off from the yeah. previous ep- uh, our previous episode. Coven of the Damned. Episode 8 in the original Air Order. Episode <laughs> 3 in our order. Mm-hmm. Uh interesting yeah so the episode after uh so going backwards in the way that we went we watched slave of the scorpion that was one the one with mira 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 then we watched the night feeder uh the one where the The some kind of beast Mm -hmm. or yeah Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm That was quite interesting. And then we have The Coven of the Damned. Now, this one is quite interesting. I, I This is probably one of my more favorite ones because it involves a lot of um, uh, mystic, mysticism as well as uh, almost druid-like. So you yeah. see uh, a very large, strong caveman type, very similar to that of Spear, who is bound in between two rocks. And there's some kind of seance or... Um, how would you say... Almost like a dark god shows up in a ritual. Yeah, yeah, a ritual. Thank you. And uh, they're summoning some kind of sorceress, uh, dark being, evil being of some sort, yeah. shapeshifter thing, uh, a spirit possibly. Yeah. And they are donning what appears to be antlers. So that's where I get the druid. We were talking about this before, the druid uh, comparison. And there's a lot of green involved, which in a lot of cartoons, green is uh, seen as evil or like dark magic. Yep. Uh, That's something that I've, uh, that I'm going to suggest as a theory going through these is that 
there's like uh, three colors for the pupils that we're seeing consistently. And I don't know if it... Uh, I like to imagine, at least if I'm going to throw out a fan theory, uh, each of the colors kind of represent something different. So white pupils, they seem like the the kind of normal, everyday, mundane. Like uh, Fang and uh, Spear, they have white pupils, the fish that they eat. And then the red p- uh, pupils are the, like, carnivorous destruction for destruction's mm-hmm. sake kind of, uh, like... Goes feral. Beasts. Yeah. yeah. And then we see, like, the, the monkey beasts and these druids, they all have green eyes. So maybe mm. they're kind of uh, influenced by some kind of dark magics. Quite possibly. No, it's, it's very interesting, uh, nonetheless. So... We see this uh, large caveman male, very similar to Spear, and this dark being comes up mm-hmm. and then uh, puts her power into him or some kind of spell. He then uh, is absorbed into her and she births. And what I'm reading here, which is confirmed, you, you had the idea of it, that births a female baby. Yeah. So taking his essence... And I'm just reading uh, the translation here. Um, the leader of the tribe uses dark magic, stealing the essence of a male caveman to birth a female baby, which she gives to a follower as her own daughter. And up, up, to, up to this point, there's the pterodactyl that the dark being rode in on, uh, spots Fang and Spear watching this ritual, and then alerts, and then they are able to capture the two. Yeah. And then... Um, Spear is knocked out how he uh, very often is so many so, times so many concussions poor guy yeah maybe that's why he can't speak English he, like he tries he gets so close and then boom uh, he was a literature teacher in a past life but now he's just gotten so many concussions just, just a regular thespian <laughs> a Sir Ian McKellen uh, an so, orator of his day yeah and so he wakes up and he is now bound yeah. to these rocks and so you can foresee that he is going to be part of uh, some kind of ritual or seance and uh, you begin to wonder well, how is he going to get out of this and then we see uh, some some type of uh, you know one, one of the people of the, of the community one of the women uh, or females I should say we're not really sure if they're human to be exact but uh, and they're quite small yeah uh, and she is she, she appears to be a master of her craft she uh, is able to uh, freeze time itself in the surrounding areas uh, a spear and fang are, are that was part of me fang has already been uh, put under a spell so fang is controlled by these witches yeah. and she becomes to be curious uh, for the for the history of these two yeah because when uh, spear screams at the mm-hmm. top of his lungs it actually breaks the magic mm-hmm. uh, one thing that we had talked about last night when you were describing the look of these humanoid creatures these these women very much like the uh i always get it wrong the macbeth uh yeah yeah the witches in the Mac- yeah, Macbeth. yeah like decrepit through the magic mm-hmm. like it's a very christian view mm-hmm. of like if you use magic it's a corrupting force kind of thing uh that but it's it's very common to have the three uh stages of a woman uh in you know a lot of folklore and everything you have ma- maiden the mother of the crone mm-hmm. and the crone is usually haggard yeah and it goes for both sexes as well. Like you get a lot of old men on the mountain, and they're bald and long beard, decrepit, hunched over. You know, like look at Aladdin, 
where you have the you know Jafar in a in a costume, you know, yeah. talking about the cave of wonders, and he's all bald and horrible teeth and decrepit, and you know, holding a cane. So, and it goes into mythology like that too, yeah. where someone would appear to be feeble and old, but really is quite powerful. So, I think that's just a common thing, like how you say, like, um, if you are using magic, magic, maybe you are just odd. Yeah. Um, in uh, the Oscar-nominated film Macbeth, uh, done by I believe Joel Cohen, um, the witch in that one—it's only one woman who plays all three. She's also a contortionist. Oh wow! So she's able to contort her body. So it even kind of gives more of the idea of like being possessed and uh, misshapen and whatnot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, even three hundred, like uh, mm-hmm. all of the old uh, the seers on the mountain, and they're all d- decrepit and corrupted and stuff. blind, missing teeth. You know, yeah. almost like incest-like as well. Well, uh, it's interesting because we we were talking about uh, watching this in reverse order, and Mira in the first episode draws the picture of whatever kind of beast on the mountain that sent some kind of soldiers to enslave her people. Like, there's the wonderful thing about this show is that we can go back and forth on what's actually happening because nothing's said or really given. But uh, then when this creature comes, the the thing that they summon for the first caveman that's being uh, drained of his life essence, which, uh, good on us for not making any jokes about... uh, you know, having a, a child with a woman drains a man's essence and life force and dreams and hopes. I think we should be proud of ourselves for that. Avoiding those kind of jokes. Uh, <laughs> uh, the When that creature appears, it, it has the same kind of, like, it goes from a snake-like creature to this, like, antler, uh, sorry, this horned beast, this black shadow, mm-hmm. which... Obviously, I don't think it's the big bad of the show, but like you just saw her draw this creature on the mountain, then you get that reaction from him of like looking up on the hill to see this shadowed figure that takes the form mm-hmm. of what she drew. And I just thought, oh fuck, that's kind of cool. Like, is is this all tied together? Is this some definitely kind of- a shapeshifter? Yeah, or has the ability to shapeshift, and you know, very convincingly as well, and. I don't know how to say, but like a very rounded, like no like sharp edges, you know, very kind of like loose, like, you know, more of a curved draw yeah. than, you know, straight edge and stuff like you would see with um, other characters. So moves very easy. I almost had like images of Mr. Burns during the X-Files episode. Yes. <laughs> it was like, hello, you know, just like very flowy and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, again, with the antlers and almost like a, a cyclops, like one eye kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, she, this this lead witch almost seems like, uh, pardon me, um, translucent at times because you are able to see uh, the fetus in Yotaro. Um, and then, you know, proceed to go from there and then birthed and then the baby ages, you know, slightly over that time. I'm going to guess that this is some kind of lieutenant of whatever the big bad of the series is going to be, like some kind of disciple. Mm, I I would disagree with that one. I I believe this is like a whole different clan on its own. They have their community and then, you know, you have the... uh, in, in the what we refer to as the previous episode, uh, the Mira episode, yeah. where that is like the Empire of the Scorpion in a faraway land. 
And then we've also seen over time that there are different communities. So you have, you know, just to kind of jump ahead or behind, uh, you have the bat community with the spider. Yep. You have the different groups of monkeys with their own magic. And then some with no magic at all that are being harassed by the bats. Yeah. So it is interesting to see these different communities. I think that these are different communities and they have been able to survive because they do have um, their own, you know, powerful being among them. Yeah. All right. Well, we will find out in the second season whenever that airs. We know that it has been renewed for another season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting take. And I'm just going on my theory. I think there's some kind of corrupting force that's going into these tribes and that's where they're getting their powers from but we'll find out then yeah yeah so um just to wrap up this episode i I actually i think this is one of my more favorite ones Mm -hmm. um there were times where i'm like whoa like how like how would they have gotten out of that pickle without um the one uh, and i i see her name they they dub her as lula uh was able to help them out so uh we were kind of getting to the point where she was able to uh freeze time and then also she at during that frozen time she was able to go uh gaze into the the minds of both spear and fang and see what their past was like at certain moments so doing this she was able to see uh what spear you know what what made spear to where he you know who he is now same with fang and she has a lot of sympathy for them and yeah. empathy because she went through a similar thing and she lost a child, which, you know, she would have, we would assume have uh, received from this dark, you know, magical Lord that they serve. And she's almost kind of an outcast too, as we see later on where everyone has their offspring or their child that they were assigned to. And they kind of like pull the kids along away from her. Yeah. Also, how ridiculous. Like, because we, we were watching this and we see that the kid is chasing a butterfly and falls off a cliff. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, Well, and there was a clearing before the cliff. Yeah, too. gone like, the way of the dodo. It's just like I'm picturing Ice Age where the dodo is like, the melon, the last melon. They jump right oh, off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And she almost like holds a mirror up to people so that they like look into her souls and then she jumps into it. But like, uh, yeah, you had, you had mentioned... Um, and I, I guess spoiler alert for anybody, like if uh, maybe we'll tag something on the, the front of these episodes, like we're going in depth. Uh, if you haven't seen the show, maybe you want to watch it on your own first. But uh, yeah, uh, Spear and Fang, this is where we learn that they're both of their children have been killed. And that's the bond that brings this would them be together. the first time we saw it. Yeah. yeah. Going backwards, which uh, it it's a cool dynamic because like. You you'd mentioned in the first two episodes, clearly not pet and owner relationship, Mm-mm. but you don't know why these two characters with the T-Rex that is obviously uh, anthropomorphic or like it, it's sentient, I guess is the, mm-hmm. the proper word. Like it can clearly think for itself. Absolutely. Uh, Self-aware, can think, can have feelings, emotion. We see this, especially now that there's that... Uh, that loss and that grief that mm-hmm. she is feeling with uh, losing her, her offspring. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's interesting. Good. Like to, to learn about it this way. Cause then it, it, it justifies the, the bond and the friendship. And we still like, yeah. In the vein of not knowing what's happening. We don't know how long they've been together. Like, mm-hmm. have they been traveling for years since mm-hmm. this happened or well, episode to episode? Is it months? You know, yeah. the only one that we can say, and we'll get into it. That is, um, consecutive like it is in this the span of hours at least is um 
the episode where we see that Fang is injured and then goes into um, the next episode where they're battling monkeys, you know, <laughs> and like very large apes and stuff like that. Like just this massive, massive battle. Um, but that's kind of jumping ahead a little bit. So yeah, most of these episodes are spaced out. We at least um, perceive that it's at least um, weeks that, yeah. or days that have gone by opposed to just minutes or hours. Maybe yeah. just the one episode is minutes or hours. Yeah. Yeah, kind of almost a to-be-continued kind of thing, a cliffhanger that episode could have had at the end. Um, but yeah, like I definitely see this relationship as more of a, an equal. Yes. You know, they did definitely rely on each other. Um, one thing, I, I, the, my assumption was that they were kids together and they grew up. That, that, that was just the basic one. Like how many times have we seen that where, you know... Um, like Disney Hercules, where yeah. Pegasus and Hercules meet each other when they're just <laughs> babies, and then they become best friends. Um, it's very common in a lot of those shows, uh, even if it's two animals that become friends, like uh, Fox and the Hound. Fox and the Hound. You know, ooh, Kurt Russell's in that one, eh? I didn't know that. Yeah, it is the voice for Copper, Adult huh. Copper. Um, but yeah, like so, it it, it like that that was my assumption. But you know what? This is a very unique take on it, and I think it's a very a very good take on it because there's too many times where we see the offspring bond there where how how interesting it is to see um, what, what we would say like a male and a female grieving the loss of their families um, and it would be platonic because they're of different species. Yeah. You know, not saying that different species can't, you know, fall in love with one another, but in this case, let's say they're not. <laughs> so I'm there's a real strong... Species erotica is wrong. I'm going to take a hard stance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is a very, very strong relationship, strong friendship. And it is kind of interesting for us watching it backwards uh, where we see it being like the utmost um, or the, the, the utmost pure and everything and the strongest of bonds between friends. Uh, and then we're kind of working our way back. Like the, sec- the second last episode to what we saw, which would be the second episode, we're like, oh man, like this is a, this is a riff, like what's going on? But then we just see that they've only been friends since the the previous episode where they yeah meet. well um what a subversion of storytelling if you can tell a coherent story both uh forwards and backwards yeah, yeah. like there's not many people that could pull that off yeah like it, it is interesting the way we watched it for sure like there are probably a few episodes where we could watch it and you could kind of mix and match and i don't think it would really ruin the timeline mm-hmm. um so you wouldn't really get too tarantino into it no but uh, the way we watched it Still leaves a cliffhanger. This is where I don't mind when somebody spoils something for me. Yes. You know, it's just like, oh, guess what? At the end of what happened to this uh, miniseries. And I'm like, what? And I, I was talking to some friends and they were just discussing True Detective. And they gave an obvious, like a, a massive one to one of the seasons of True Detective. And I'm like, well, that sounds pretty fucking heavy for sure. But to me, I'm like, well, I want to find out like what actually happens to lead up to that. And that to me is a lot of fun. Like that's where yeah. I like prequels a lot. Uh, what what way would you have preferred to learn about the death of uh, Fang and Spears' children through the uh, original run, like the first episode, or the way that we found out about it? I find it was really interesting because we went in blind. Yes. And then we see that. Um, so in another way they could have done it, in theory, is not even have that first episode. Yeah. You know, just or, and like maybe change... Have a first episode that's not the second one because the second one is interesting because they have their uh, disagreements, yes, and their and their conflict. But the very first one in the true chronological order, um, have that as 
something else where they're hanging out and it's a whole different episode or whatever. Yeah. And then it goes into that and keeps going and going and going. Um, if I was going to say which one would I prefer to watch, I'd probably prefer to watch the chronological order. Yep. The true uh, one. But watching it backwards didn't really bother me too much. It, it left a lot of mm-hmm. questions unanswered as well. And then watching it in chronological order would be, okay, well, questions are being answered in time. Um, and then new things are happening. Yeah. Opposed to us watching the very last episode, thinking it's the first, and we're like, oh, what the fuck happens to Mira? <laughs> so, like, are they ever going to see Mira again? But that's the cliffhanger for the next season. Which, uh, it made me feel like as we were going backwards, like, if that was the first episode, I would have reordered them, um, where the the meeting and loss of Mira, because then it feels like they're in search of her the entire time. They're, mm. they're traveling continent island almost like a video game back in the 90s you know yeah. like you're hanging you're hanging out and then all of a sudden like some kind of thing happens and like the your family's taken away the, the typical hero's journey there's the mm-hmm. call to action and uh you know mm-hmm. the denial and then you know as they they build towards trying to to make i guess him into a hero but but unconventional storytelling i guess you can't really go by that mm-hmm. yeah no definitely um so yeah that, that, i think that uh, episode was one of my more favorite ones uh, because we were able to see the history for the first time and we were like oh like I think there's a couple times where you and I actually went like in unison oh yeah. that's cool and I don't know like I just find like druids really cool shapeshifting is really cool um, yes. and then also to see this one witch uh, or elder uh, you know change her mind turn her back on her community you know who, who you know on the community that turned their back on her so yeah. it's just like hey you know don't 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 make outcasts you never know they're gonna fuck you over um and you get to see her um not only uh rescue uh fang and spear but uh d- delay um or you know provoke an attack and like fend off this spirit like quite well Yes, as, as like a, a crow <laughs> or a raven. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a raven against a wolf. Uh, okay, cool. Like you brought a knife to a gunfight. Interesting. Um, and I, I was kind of pissed off because I'm like, well, it would have been nice if you know she f- used because she was had Fang under her spell uh, of an of an uh, enchantment or whatever, and it would have been nice to use Fang at the same time to battle this, you yeah. know, sorceress because. Uh, you know, I in my mind, I'm like, when is the sorceress going to come back? Are this community going to come back and try to get revenge on uh, on Fang and Spear? Where is if Fang, Spear, and Lula were all able to team up together? Who knows what could have happened? I I appreciate that. And Lula I, could have been saved, and they could have been part of the team. Oh, that would have been cool. How handy Lula would Lula be in the future episodes? So you know, freaking good. But uh, I'm thinking of like you know the cracked, uh, the fractured butt hole. Now it's like <laughs> add another uh, character to your team for for uh, what is it RPG? Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, I like from the way that I was watching. I like the the idea that like she understood all she could do was buy them some time. And like to even be able that's what we assume is that yeah. there would be no defeat between the three of them. Is that she just bought them time to escape? Uh, and like from a magician or a, a magic perspective, to split your mind in two different directions with powerful enough magic to control Fang, uh, both to release uh, Spear and drive him away while you're battling 
what could be seen as like some kind of demigod or demon or something like that. Like that's some pretty powerful shit right there. Mm. Um, yeah. And then they, they don't even let her off. Like they make sure you see that she gets killed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's like no open endedness. Not like in game of Thrones where it's like, is the hound dead? You know, question marks. Yeah. She's not coming back. Um, but give her a happy ending too, which was kind of nice. Like, yeah, it's where she's reunited with her daughter. Yeah, that is that is quite nice. That's where the way you want it, right? Um, all right. The next episode we watched, the plague of madness. Now, reading a little bit of here, a little bit here, and I'm not sure. Like again, this is Wikipedia. I'm going off of. Sorry, but I just find that the amount of content is interesting, whether it's true or not. Hey, and hey, we're just interpreting things on our own, too. Uh, so Canada is not experts. We, we just have fun and <laughs> <laughs> laugh at you, Wikipedia. So we see a, a dinosaur come out of nowhere, and it's apparently an Argentin- Argentinosaurus is infected with a flesh-eating virus by diseased Parasaurolophus. Oh, I miss the days of being able to pronounce these names when I was a kid. <laughs> I loved dinosaurs. Everyone was a dinosaur. We'll send you kid. to Drumheller for a couple of weeks once you move back. Oh, the old... Uh, Oh, good. Why, why am I losing that right now? Oh, my God. The Royal Tyrell Museum. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's transform- transforming into what we, it, you know, we assume is a zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Satan, compelling it to decimate its herd. Uh, it's just like, I was waiting for, like, some kind of Nazi armband to come around the arm, too. It's like, oh, Nazi <laughs> zombies again. Oh, uh, haven't overplayed this dinosaur. one. dinosaur. Yeah. Um, and then reading the little note at the bottom here, due to its premise revolving around a disease, this episode was released early as an April Fool's joke in reference to COVID-19. That's pretty funny. Interesting. Yeah, so, cause it was, because it was released April 1st, 2020. So, yeah, we were much already into the, the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was really good. It, it was almost annoying because it's like the ever so ongoing you know, enemy that just won't fucking die. Yeah. Which I guess is a good metaphor for COVID-19. Like, <laughs> it's just not going away. It's just always hanging around. I find that uh, cartoons sometimes struggle with scale. Like, uh, when you have something as massive as this... How did we decide it was Yeah, we'll say? just call it a Brachiosaurus. Periocephalosaurus? Nope. A brachiosaurus. No, no, the the um, the the Parasaurolophus or Lophus is the uh, the one that first comes in that's oh, diseased. Okay, and then it infects an Argentiniosaurus. Where do you think the Argentiniosaurus was first found? <laughs> Argentina. No, I was, I was thinking like, it'd be funny if it was Ars, Arsiniosaurus then the, from Arsenio Hall. <laughs> All right, now it's the Arsiniosaurus. Yeah. So the Arsiniosaurus. Um, yeah, because there's times where it seems large. Yes. But then there's times it seems like it's just this gargantuan beast. Which was really cool. I thought that was so cool. Like, is it just getting bigger and bigger? Or are they just, like, showing, like, how... Because, like, there's a point where it's running through a canyon. Yes. And its head is still above the canyon, like, opening. So it's just like, Jesus, like, how big is this thing? I just thought it was, like, you know, huge. And there's times that when we see Fang, and we're like, well, Fang is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And well, he's minuscule. He's minuscule to buy so many other dinosaurs, which is accurate because the T-Rex wasn't the fucking most massive 
uh, it, that, I think that was Jurassic Park to our generation. Generation, we yeah. just thought that the Tyrannosaurus was like the largest badass in the dinosaur kingdom, which it really wasn't. And it had a cool oh, okay. like shortened name, T Rex. Yeah, can't do that with all the other animals, do? No, and it looks cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can't so, give hugs. No, poor little guy. Can't can't make the move. You know, like ah, let's get a little uh, let's get a little comfy. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Our co-host Obi knows the pain. Oh he, god. He I love you this much. It's not very much. <laughs> it is in T Rex arms. Um Have you seen the the picture where the T Rex is trying to rub the lamp to wish for long, big arms that are super strong? <laughs> and it's just it can't get the lamp. I have not, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's some really good T Rex comic strips here and there. Um another uh uh Interest, not interesting. I, I got to stop using that word. Another aspect to my theory about the pupils is when intriguing the uh, the first dinosaur compelling uh, parasophilism. Um, well, we call it the parasaur. After it bites and infects the other creature and has its back snapped mm-hmm. uh, and it dies, the pupil reverts from yeah. that like weird red and white coloring. Mm-hmm. And then, as the infection takes hold into the Arsiniosaur, uh-huh. um, uh, its eye actually transforms, like at that final yep. thing, into that red. Yeah, that you red just see look. it looking so fatigued and just like slowly losing its all sensibility and everything into this, and going into this maddening state. Yeah, and then once it takes that step into like evil, then it goes red. Yeah, and then once it's dead, it goes back to like killing everything in its path like its own herds trampling on the eggs which you know causes uh, the rest of the herd to be like whoa okay something isn't right and they try to battle back but they're they're no match to this fury yeah so this whole herd's just decimated and then spear and fang stumble across this field and are very terrified almost like the the night feeder you would almost feel like you were in like a, a valley of dead gods. Like they're so yeah. massive and untouchable. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, these terrible lizards, as dinosaurs <laughs> translated to from Latin. Uh, yeah, like what could do this? And you know, so quickly, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure that they might have been familiar with this. You know, because it's not really hard to miss these fucking <laughs> gigantic things. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's it's quite uh, quite terrifying at times, like for how maddening this dinosaur looks and. It's just this unstoppable force. Yes. That they just try and try and try to figure out how do we stop this thing. They go through a can. They go down a canyon where it falls, and you think, okay, well, it's dead because it fell. It's kind of like Land Before Time, where they're trying to get away from the sharp tooth, and he falls, and then he eventually wakes up. He's just passed out for you know days, and then it wakes up, and they're running through the canyon, and then it gets stuck, and. Then it breaks free, and then they're in a. It looks what like they're inside of a volcano that is not erupted yet, but that's what causes it. And even with this dinosaur falling through and being engulfed in liquid hot magma, <laughs> it's not melting or dying that fast. <laughs> it's very very slow. Um, again, like to do with the the scale, because like it's not like they could have put their spear through its head and killed it, like kill the brain kill the zombie like the typical way uh th- to find a way in story to like justify killing this beast i thought was pretty interesting writing there's that word interesting again uh compelling writing there but uh 
what else was I gonna say? Uh, they they keep walking away. Like it's just like it's a problem that's too big for them, or they don't really care. It's like don't get bit, don't get. <laughs> Uh, diseased, just well, get out of here. And then with that too, I, I kind of I, I blew right by it without even acknowledging it. Um, Spear has the dream where they uh, yeah. do have like, they they can they um, uh, the the virus does infect them at, or contagion because <laughs> you know viruses don't infect their viruses, infections infect. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so uh, they they you know. Uh, Contact, uh, contract, they contract this virus, and that their skin melts away uh, to both of them, and you're just you know kind of watching in horror, and you know people who have nightmares like yeah. that, you know that are quite vivid, and I think that's what Spears like. We can't stay here any longer. We got to move on, you know, and then that continues the the episode and propels it even further instead of just having it just all right waiting game who's gonna starve out and then this thing is like sleeping or dead one of the two let's keep going what do you feel like the writer was trying to say with those dreams is that a uh convention just to show that like fang can think without having like that uh awkward conversation out loud like you would see in any other show or Mm -hmm. is that like supposed to be some kind of spiritual message or something well, Spear was one that had the the dream, not Fang. Ah, oh, yes, I messed that up. Sorry. No worries, no worries. But yeah, no, there are many times where we see Fang actually having thought, mm-hmm. you know, and um, also realizations, and then you know, looking to Spear and say no. Yeah. Like in the the Night Feeder episode. Exactly. Yes. No. But uh, for Spear, do you think that was his way of showing, like, a thought process, or do absolutely you th- think that was like. Uh, like, because I didn't get the impression it was it wasn't a message from a god or spirit like spiritual realm, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm separating that out from religion because I think we see that quite a bit with other like he's you're, able you're to granted a vision. He's able to understand dreams, comprehend them, analyze them, yeah, and then able to like you know uh, you know proceed through his life, you yes, know, with with you know seeing these dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, for sure. And that's also a big thing from uh, pagan days is you have a dream, you acknowledge it. I was actually just listening to you know, my sports radio, TSN 1260. <laughs> um, one of the analysts, uh, sports analysts, uh, Jason Greger, his mother is a doctor. Yep. And she studied psychology, various forms and everything, and uh, is very intrigued in dreams. So one of the episodes I was listening to, uh, she's talking about how interpreting dreams isn't, you know, uh, as, as, you know, ever since the dawn of man and humankind uh, alike, we've had dreams. Yeah. I, I would be willing to argue that for sure. But yet we don't really have a lot of history in, tran- you know, translating dreams and analyzing dreams. Like there's not, a, and like it wasn't accepted. You know, it was very, very looked down upon by uh, the church and everything because it's like, well, what do you mean you're having these dreams? Like, because you really have no control and... I don't know about you, but I've had some fucked up dreams that if I told some friends, they'd be like, wow, you're fucking crazy. So we, we feel a little bit reluctant at times. So um, they're, they're saying that, you know, there's times where you need to confront your dream. And, you know, uh, if you can, if you are able to think your dream through, because sometimes you can, um, to confront it, figure out what's going on. And she used an example where, like, one of her grandsons was like, well, there's this darn coyote and it's chasing me all the time and I just can't run away from it, like, ever. Like, it's always on my heels when I wake up. 
And it's just like, well, maybe you should confront the coyote. You know, ask it what it, what it wants and just yell at it. You know, be like, what do you want? And I, I forget what the response was, but essentially the coyote had a message, you know, and then they went on with that. That's interesting. So, yeah. Do you, do you, have you ever had, uh, this? we can pass by this if we don't <laughs> want me to de- derail us, but have you had no, uh, re- reoccurring dreams before? I can't really say if I have. I, I, you know what? There's a few that I have, but it's more so like uh, what, I, what I like to call my movie dreams, yep. where it just feels like I'm in a movie. It's oh. not like, it's, it's, and it's like me as a different character. It's not like me as me. Oh, so like not lucid dreaming where you're no. in control. No, not all the time. Like there's times where like I'm running from the cops for whatever reason. Yeah. And no matter what I do, I can't run away. Like huh. I, I, I would hide. I'd be hidden for the whole time, but yet they still find me for whatever reason. It's like there's times where I have a dream where like I'm shooting on a hockey net and I just keep hitting the post. It could be in a wide open net and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to just you know shoot it along the ice. And if I do that, then it stops in front of the goal line or it <laughs> keeps hitting a post or whatever. It's just like I can't do that. It's like my totem. <laughs> if like if that happens then I, like, I know I'm dreaming <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm a perfect goal scorer or anything like that but um, it, it, I, I've never what I should do I think what a lot of people should do is write down what their dreams are like you know just a quick little like or record it's like oh uh, Monday June 27th um, I had this dream uh, this is what happened I think this is what it might mean and then you know do that every time you have a dream that you think is meaningful to some point and then go from there um, because it is kind of cool to go reference. But I wouldn't say I've had any dream that I can recall where like I thought that it means something more. Yeah. You know, like there are some people that are able to really interpret things too. I watched a dangerous method and there's a point where um, I forget the one guy's name, but he's hanging out with um, Freud, Sigmund Freud. And he's talking about how he's like on this carriage with this horse or something. And this horse is really old and there's a younger horse and, so was like, and then Sigmund Freud is old person, and he's like, "Oh, well, you're getting rid of the old horse, and you're going with a new method, and you're getting rid of me." And it's like that's the interpretation of what they believe is the dream, and so it's like, "Wow, that's a really deep dive." And is it, you know, your own ego that's you know channeling the, um, uh, the, the um, part of me, the synopsis essentially of the dream, or is that what the the true? dream message you know what i mean i've had the teeth falling out dream which yep. i'm just looking at right Usually now has to deal with wealth from what i understand uh teeth are falling out associated with loss and important life changes this dream could indicate that you're dealing with some kind of loss like an abrupt end to a relationship or job change oh, okay uh, i've always under, I've, I've heard it be related to wealth same. or or health because teeth are uh, for medieval times and uh, previous you know uh, centuries uh, even like 1800s and stuff uh, teeth are very much linked to health where if you are not healthy that's one of the first things to essentially go yeah huh and then th- i i rarely i know everybody dreams because whenever i say this i always get corrected i rarely remember my dreams yeah no that's fair um so I yeah I think I've, I've just suppressed it so much because when you smoke a lot of weed it uh, it reduces the you're the ruining your imagination <laughs> yeah it uh, it doesn't get there but uh, one reoccurring I had a, one where I was searching for somebody in a crowd and like I could always see the back of their head and I was tracking them down mm. but I never could qu- quite catch them and when I did they'd never answer my question so uh, and then with this uh they're able to get a lure well not really lure they, they're kind of just trying to escape and uh, the dinosaur chases them into the volcano and eventually is engulfed in magma and dies and along with a virus 
So they're able to escape and proceed on with their journey. And then the next episode uh, that we watched, again, we're going backwards. Uh, they end up in this uh, almost like, uh, no, wait, uh, no, 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 that, that's not the one. That, that'd be the next one. Um, so it starts, like, it starts with um, Spear uh, looking like he's just in complete disarray with the loss of his, uh, his friend because it appears that uh, Fang is dead. This episode is episode six, Scent of Prey. Sorry to jump on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you can jump on me anytime. Uh, <laughs> I will hold you, buddy. <laughs> and there's just corpses and corpses and corpses of ape-like men uh, and attracting vultures. And you can already start seeing that Spear is worried about the vultures starting to attack uh, Fang. Uh, almost uh, immediately. Uh, I mean, there's the impending fate that that will happen. Uh, so he's caring for Fang, so you get to see the the true relationship from this side, uh, from Spear caring for Fang and doing almost everything for Fang creates this, um, what would you call it, sled? Yeah, yeah, um, a netted sled, kind of like a gurney almost. Gurney. The, yeah, without the wheels. <laughs> I wanted to call it a trebuchet, but I know that's a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very handy. It's like, all right, I'll see you later, Fang. <laughs> um, so he, he creates this uh, sled type thing uh, to carry. Um, there is a word for it. I can't remember. But to carry Fang to make it easier. Like You get to see some real strength from from spear mm-hmm. uh and you see his struggles and he's just going through hell to keep his friend alive he's getting serious blisters and uh that heal over sores yeah yeah hey, that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah maybe just the amount of protein that he intakes <laughs> you know he's not uh not drinking that uh fluoride water no or anything like that he's um, on that uh joe rogan diet yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he carries uh, Fang uh, to eventually finds a cave. The uh, whole time being tracked by hyenas. Yeah, some kind of wild-looking dog. Almost looks like the wild dogs of Africa. Um, opposed to a dingo or a hyena. That's why it's called wild dogs of Africa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they just kind of hold uh, hold their hold their own in this cave uh, while Fang is kind of in and out of consciousness. Yeah. And eventually middle of night bugs time by like the the laughing uh yeah but the wild dogs yeah yeah and then uh yeah sphere wakes in the middle of the night covered in bugs and it's just like oh that's fun it takes me back to my hostel days (laughs) and not bed bugs but just generally other bugs which is not a good thing to wake up to uh and they are flesh-eating armored beetles so he realizes that they're soft underbelly so he flips them over stabs them and the dogs are relentless outside of the cave so what does he do but anything more badass than putting armored beetles with razor sharp backs onto his knuckles and fists (laughs) and punch proceeds to punch the fuck out of these wild dogs uh, we were laughing watching this episode because, like, this episode... The amount of gore. And then, oh, oh my God, like, <laughs> we're just waiting for the next episode. You know, we'll jump into that one. But this one is probably one of the goriest, just sheer brutality uh, that is unleashed upon these wild dogs. Something I appreciate from any kind of series, movies, or shows is, like, when... I, I want that intellectual level where we can debate on but what's actually happening. And I want that interesting storytelling. 
But I also want the five-year-old in me to be super satisfied with a caveman and his dinosaur buddy putting on brass knuckle uh, bugs and beating the shit out of some, like, monster dogs. That is awesome. Like, we're, like everything is stripped away and it's just like, fight! <laughs> <laughs> kind of takes you back to Thor Ragnarok when Hulk is fighting Fenrir. Yes! <laughs> Big monster. Yeah, exactly. Here, puppy. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they're able to fend off the, the assault from the wild dogs. And uh, from what we can tell, because we're going the opposite way, Fang and Spear are okay. Because uh, what we noticed more so towards the end is Fang can't seem to put full weight on her leg, uh, which we we're kind of curious about. But then this next episode that we watch, um, which is called Rage of the Ape Men, number five, uh, it was broken in a battle. Um, and that's where she became unconscious. But after those episodes, in the way that we watched it, there wasn't really any sign of uh, her favoring that particular leg. No. That I can recall. And, uh, yeah, so the beginning of this episode, Rage of the Ape Men, um, we see Spear and Fang um, come into this almost paradise oasis. Yes. You know, beautiful waterfall, very quiet. They walk up to this crystal clear water, and... Uh, you know the fish aren't even swimming away; they're just stupefied almost, and <laughs> no they, natural predators. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they don't know what danger is, <laughs> and Spear is able just to grab them with his hands, not even that quickly. Very, very easy prey. Uh, feeds himself, feeds Fang. They're having a great time, just sunbathing, and you see uh, Spear go more so into the the oasis pool. Uh, and then you're kind of like, there's a big drop off where it just gets really deep, and. I was thinking more so like some kind of weird octopus or kraken-like yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, but that would like tentacle and pull and then like fangs like, how do I get down there? But um, yeah, no, nothing nothing from the underwater that's the threatening at all. And we see fang kind It's kind of, of funny that we're just waiting for this impending doom. Yeah. <laughs> this show has trained us. Like, <laughs> well, it's not going to end great. But like uh, fang has that freak out uh, when she Going into on the, the beach. water. Because she sees like a worm. Yes, the worm, right? And she has flashbacks to some kind of like snake storm. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, no. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. And she just goes up on some rocks so she's safe. And she just lays down and sunbathes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It, it seems like it was going to be like, and also because in a 10 episode season, uh, this is the halfway mark. You think that like this is going to be the respite episode. A little bit and then you have like the the foreshadowing with the big drop off like when's that gonna pay off but and you've got uh spear giving some kind of smirk like he's about to pull a prank and then everything goes sideways no absolutely um it, it's like we're like oh this is gonna be a fun prank absolutely you know, and it's gonna be oh I wonder what's gonna happen and it's just like and then like i was thinking it's like oh he's gonna try to pull his prank and then fang's gonna be upset and like feel more like begrudged and it's like get out of here i don't want to hang out with you and might run away or something like temporarily and then something bad happens because they're separated i was gonna guess that uh the uh the cry wolf thing where like he goes mm -hmm. up pranks him and then the octopus pulls him under and fang doesn't realize at first even though he hears the screaming or she hears the screaming absolutely no 100 percent nailed it there um but no what happens is uh spears underwater and sees the marching of some kind of humanoid thing and so he surfaces and notices that Fang is nowhere to be found. And Fang being a dinosaur is not really that 
can be that well hidden, uh, you know, to his eyes at least. You know, it's different when they're being uh, the hunter, the, the predator. And then he's soon to be concussed <laughs> for the first time. And then he wakes up and he sees that he's bound and then he's concussed again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then when he finally wakes up, they're in an arena, hung upside down. Nighttime. Nighttime, watching some kind of epic battle between these, uh, what do you call them, silverback gorillas? Like these alphas? Yeah. Um, all jacked up and just silver silverback SummerSlam. <laughs> Sunday, 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 under the crescent moon, in ape in ape arena, <laughs> in April, um, in April. Uh, the the art direction here, where you have all these similar looking creatures, but the the silverbacks they gave them each their own aesthetic, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's and different sizes as well, and. They're fast, they're strong, and you can see them moving really fast too. Yes. Oh, oh. oh the fight the fight scenes in this one were very cool. Very cool. And it was like almost like and there was almost um like orthodox training, it seems. Like where there was like deflections and moves and like, you know, not even a punch, but like the the the, the heel of the palm kind of going up at times too. So it's like, oh wow, like this is actual training. It's not just rage, fury, like, let me just, you know, slap you and throw you around, like, Hulk smash kind of thing. Yeah. So, very, very interesting. Um, and then we see the champion come out, and there's some kind of high priest ape men, ape man, and then he, uh, it, it's almost kind of like, um, what is it, Black Panther, when it's the you know the passing of the, the yeah <laughs> yeah and then you're able to take the flower in and then you get the the true Black Panther power anyway so they're pouring this black liquid down this channel alongside this uh, uh, cliff and it goes in like just the smallest drop goes into this big ape and he gets kind of like Hulk size Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde kind of thing and proceeds to start uh, get preparing to fight Fang. And I'm like looking over at Tim. I'm like, well, this doesn't seem fair. Like, things are already a fucking ape. Like, yeah. now it's super huge. What's the point of this? Like, what's the entertainment? You know, um, it's almost like they they jacked him up so that like, and this was his trophy. Like, was he supposed to fight or just consume? Like, yeah, I got lost on what the end goal is, which. I guess it's kind of cool when you're looking into some kind of alternate culture and not understanding. But uh, this jacked up ape just beats the shit out of Fang. And for the first time, you see her almost helpless. Like, Oh, no really- chance at all. No, like, she might land like one or two blows, but not, like she uses her, like, obviously the bite. Yep. No effect, really. A couple of headbutts doesn't even move. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Spear manages to... To get himself free. Also, I wanted to throw in there, we see the skulls of former combatants, like that of the Triceratops. I think there was another Tyrannosaurus. Um, some other beasts as well. And so the ape man puts on the, the skull of the uh, the Triceratops, which I thought was quite interesting. Okay, I was going to ask you that, because each one was in front of a pillar. So was that some way of, like, he wanted to, like, was that a totem? 
Like, was this some kind of religious ceremony where he was going to get the strength of a triceratops? I don't think it was anything strength-wise, like, because he already had the strength in the serum. I thought it was more so just, like, armor or symbolic. Yeah. You know, some real symbolism there. Uh, What did the, uh, what was the culture, the Vikings, that, like, the berserkers that would put on, like, the the bear costume? Oh, yeah, to look even crazier. Yeah, more feral. And they, they, they would take the spirit of the bear. Yeah, taking all kinds of herbs and mushrooms and all that kind of stuff just to make them as fucking crazy and hallucinogenic or, as possible because that's what they would do is they, they would take all these drugs and hallucinogenics and they just go crazy because they thought they thought they were fighting demons for like for their lives. They're like, wow, and just just un- unleash hell essentially in the form of you know the first fat, use the of psilocybin smash. mushrooms i've ever heard of i just like to stare at the roof man yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's waving no exactly exactly but if you're full of fear and uh testosterone and you've only yeah. fought and murdered and pillaged and raped people and yeah i guess you're just gonna keep yeah. pushing that aggression out maybe you know what maybe they're super peaceful and they like to be peaceful they just needed to do all these drugs and just like it's like all right cool i'm gonna have my you know cleansing ceremony the purge you raise a valid point mushrooms make the make you face a lot of stuff like the next Mm. day you feel so fantastic because you can let go of so much Mm. but if you're a viking you've done some terrible things (laughs) and you're still a human being Mm. so you got to reconcile all of that in a day man it's not gonna go well the voices come into your head again (laughs) oh boy this is gonna be a lot uh so yeah so this uh this gigantic uh roid raging ape um is beating the absolute tar out of fang yeah and then as you were leading up to it uh spear is able to break free yeah, and uh, there's this race between him and the ape men that see what he's doing, the uh, the, the lesser ape man, uh, as he gets up to the top of the mountain where the priestess or priest is holding the the special serum, mm-hmm. and uh, he fucking chugs it all. Where the this ape uh, only had a drop and became super powered, he yep. chugs this entire. Like Gatorade dish full <laughs> of serum, and doctors uh, hate him. <laughs> oh, you called it perfectly. He hulked out. Like he even changed colors and just oh, starts super destroying. forehead just comes right out. Super Neanderthal. Oh, uh-huh. and uh, then yeah, they, he gets into a fight, and you know yeah, there's a couple blows laid, and like, and again the scaling. Yes. You know, at first I'm like, he's not even bigger than this guy, but then like they're fighting. And so maybe it was just unusual scaling for size. Yeah. But maybe it slowly, but slowly, but slowly he was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the serum was taking effect, right? Yeah. Over time. Like there was the initial, but then it was just kept building. So then he was becoming like 10 feet tall, 20 feet tall. And like, just like 800 pounds of sheer muscle kind of thing. 1200 pounds of sheer muscle. It got um, to the point you see the ape men trying to run away, and he's just reaching oh, out with a hand and grabbing a crowd. Just terrifying. And, like, you can see, like, it was actually kind of funny, uh, just how, because they're all angry and they're like, oh, no, fuck you. Because there was the part where they did catch him as soon as he was drinking the serum and they started beating him. But then he gets big and then he blows <laughs> them all off with his just, like, complete, like, stand upright and then throw them away. And then he starts getting his revenge and uh, re- release the fury. <laughs> uh, and then you see the terror as soon as he defeats the champion. 
and and like what a battle <laughs> oh my god not not like it was back and forth back and forth but just the absolute carnage that he unleashes just right off the bat and then all the other eight men uh, onlookers are running away for their lives and there will be no survivors in the words of Fezzik <laughs> from Princess Bride no uh, quarter given no no quarter uh, yeah, absolutely terrifying, the carnage. And like it's funny because we're looking at IMDb for the rating of like certain things, and it's just like, gore and violence, it's like severe. <laughs> it's like, fucking rights it is. Nudity, not so much. Nudity, <laughs> boo, this is bullshit. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely insane. One beef I have with this episode, yeah. and we talked about this too, is why didn't he give possibly some of the serum left over if there were was any to uh fang because in any video games that we've played you have that chance to power up or whatever and even if you have like just a little bit of health left and you get this power up or you you know boot you level up or whatever your health goes back up your mana goes back up your magic or whatever the hell you want to call it it all goes back up so i was like well that would maybe because like you see the bones contort and like expand and the muscle expand and the skin stretch and all that kind of stuff you figure that would contort the bone back into shape and be stronger than before only because now because we're talking about it in the other episodes do you think he, uh, spear is aware of his healing factor like maybe he was able to take this poison into himself uh and live because of his ability to heal like maybe there was a fear that uh, I think he just saw what happened couldn't. and he knew that that was his only way to possibly yeah. win. I don't I don't know if he has like a, a, a super healing healing factor like that of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I just think he's just when I think it's a cartoon, <laughs> <laughs> so like they forget it's like oh yeah he had scars on his hands but he's healed up now and calloused up or whatever. Uh, maybe they healed faster back in the day, you know, with Neand- awesome. Neanderthals and cavemen alike. They just healed faster. I like um, playing with the idea that this guy is lots of ancient. aloe vera. <laughs> like maybe he's hundreds of years old and he he just has some kind of healing ability. Mm. But like you said, it's a cartoon, so who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, like you know, Fang was able to heal a broken leg, but it took didn't a need a splint, and <laughs> it only took a couple days. You know, like. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that was my idea. Is just like I'm sure many other people idea ideas as well. But uh, yeah, like just get the serum to Fang. Get the serum that. to Fang. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Right? Let 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 Fang rage out for a bit. But by the time you know everything, the, the serum wears off. The leg's still healed. It maybe I don't know. There would be enough vultures there for him to go ape shit and not hurt anybody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And. Uh, we want to just keep going through? Well, might as well. All right. Uh, next one is Terror Under the Blood Moon. And this one is what we called the Bat Episode. Mm. And you see these fucking... At first, they're escaping a pack of uh, Dromaeosaurus. Uh, this kind of looks, looks like raptors, little velociraptors. And they're escaping this uh, like tall grass because that's where they're at. And they encounter a, tri- a tribe of cave people being attacked by gigantic red bats. Uh, they attempt to fight the bats off. They're actually doing very well. And after having this previous episode, 
where mm-hmm. there's just so much gore and violence and everything, still just kicking ass and taking names, chewing bubblegum and kicking ass. <laughs> and yeah, just slicing these bat people, like giant bat people looking things, like, like man bat from uh, from Batman series. Yes. This is honestly what they look like. And it's just kicking all their asses. Uh, but there are so many, they eventually are able to hold on to spear and uh, carry him away into this yes. high, I don't know, very solid, like, you know, this, Solid, this, 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 I don't know. What do they call it? Like a stalactite in a cave yeah, that comes up? Just but like, like one it's lone solid. one. Just yeah. totally like sol- uh, sol- solidarity. You know, solitude. This fortress of solitude. Yes. Just one spire just going up and like, you know, 300 feet in the, into the sky. Quite impressive, honestly. Very daunting looking. Like James Bond lair. <laughs> yeah. And, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Fang is tracking them down. And... And also, we see that two bats are able to carry Fang. Yes. Yeah, at, at, at before as well. And eventually, uh, oh yeah, Spears also con- concussed again because he's <laughs> caused so much bullshit for the bat, the man bat. The man mm-hmm. bat's like, you know what? We're just going to smack your head against this rock. And another concussion. Uh, we actually saw him be heroic for the first time in this episode because there was the... A uh, cave person carrying a uh, a boar back for his people yes, broke his leg, yes. and he ran. And you're not quite sure at this point. Like I didn't think it because he's the hero. He, is he gonna like spear this guy and take the boar? But like mm-hmm. he drags them both back, leaves them, and then that's when he gets into trouble. Yeah, and these uh, these cave people they kind of still look like a little bit like apes as well. They're more they're more human than ape, but you still have, like very ape like features. Yeah. Uh, they're quite timid and not really, you know, aggressive by any nature. Very lean very, very passive. Yeah. Very passive. Uh, compared, uh, comparing to episode five with these eight men that are just yes totally aggressive. No time to, you know, mince words or anything like that. Like, fuck Blood you, concussion. <laughs> so these ones, it's like, it's kind of interesting to see where they're, just being completely harassed by the man bats and, you know, trying to get food. And then as soon as Spear and Fang are in their presence, they're all hiding. Yes. You know, even though they were helped, right? Uh, so it, it is interesting to see, like, the different communities and, like, where they stand, whether they're, you know, like, it's, it's almost like one of those graphs where it's, like, all good, all bad, you know, good neutral, bad neutral, things like yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah. So we see Fang at the bottom of this gigantic pillar. And can't <laughs> attempt after attempt after attempt uh, cannot seem to scale this uh, and like climb all the way up to the entrance. So she plays dead, <laughs> <laughs> tongue out and everything. Oh god, it's, that was so funny. Yes, oh man, yeah, we were laughing pretty pretty good there. Um, two man bats come, they smell, they lift her up, they bring her to the the den essentially at the top of this, um, um, you know, stalagmite or whatever you want to call it. And uh, tongue out still, opens her eyes, uh, looks around, <laughs> very, very amusing. And she tries to sniff out Spear. Uh, yeah, which is such a weird twist in this uh, in this episode, which was kind of cool. Is like the bats are working for a spider for some reason. I was waiting for this gigantic bat to be at the bottom. Like, it was just like birthing all the drones, like I was saying. This is like, I wonder if this is like a beehive almost kind of thing where you have the queen and the like, queen bat and then all these other little bats that just go off and do the bidding and they just harvest and, you know, or not not harvest, but collect. All yeah. these, uh controlled by pheromones or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I can follow that logic. But, 
Yeah, so she manages to rescue Spear. They kill the uh, the giant spider, uh, which is like it, a Tyrannosaurus bite doesn't even really go through its uh, hide at mm-hmm. first. Like it takes a couple of like gnaws at it. Yeah, well, that was the that was the big struggle. Is I think Fang realized that she alone could not defeat the spider, and then she, once she gets slammed against a, uh, the wall of the cave, she was able to smell out where Spear was. Rip open the cocoon like uh, little preservation yeah. snack. Oh, let me just put this hot pocket over here for later. <laughs> um, and then Spear gains consciousness and is able to break free while Fang is, you know, getting her ass kicked. Uh, and after their escape, like, because uh, there's not much else to this episode other than they trick the bats into following them using uh the spider they they wheel out its uh web uh so they can get down the stalactite which i thought was hilarious that they were using it like a grappling hook yeah but um they trick the the bats to following them back to where they were getting chased originally at the start of the episode but you just uh, see a massive flock of bats it's just unbelievable if that's what you call a group of bats a flock yeah you're on it colony it's not a murder of bats no 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 it, it seems that there there are a lot that have unique names but they also say that other names are acceptable like i've heard of a herd of elk but people are like well it's a gang so it all depends like what you really want to go with this is amazing the collective noun for a group of bats is a cauldron of bats cauldron How yeah interesting so this cauldron of bats gets attacked by those looks like dinosaurs. tens of tens like probably almost a hundred bats just coming right at them so they're able to uh get off the and like they all head to the cave and then they realize what happened and they all leave the cave and they see where spear and fang are and they start chasing them down they meet their first friend or, or second friend since Mira, like the guy that they had helped originally, yeah. uh, passes back spear his spear, mm-hmm. like on the way through, which is kind of cool to see like someone actually helping them. Yeah, <laughs> for once, you know. Besides, you have uh, Lula, and then you have Mira, and then you have uh, this one character. They don't seem to have a, a name for. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, one one thing I liked about this, and it, this is so again in the order that we watched it, this is the first time we see uh, that I recall Fang really laying it all on her line to recover and save um, Spear. Yes. Where previous episodes for us, what we perceived, uh, it was Spear more so trying to rescue Fang all the time. Yeah. So again, you see that the, a more of a balance nature, where it's not just like you. Oh, it's always you. You're always getting <laughs> captured. And again, it's just like um, we've talked. I, I think we were discussing this before, um, before the podcast. But it's like it's like in a, in a video game where it's like, do I rescue my buddy, or do I keep fighting through this level and then try to like make sure that everything's okay, and then I get my friend. Yeah, I'll make it safe before I pick them up. Exactly. Or... Very reliant on each other to work as a team. Because you know, the way you look at it, I would say Fang is the stronger of the two. Larger in size. Probably faster, more agile. Uh, but Spear, you know, being you know, Neanderthal, a uh, caveman, uh, more intelligent. Yeah. Able to create tools. Things like that. 
um, you know, opposable thumb, <laughs> arms. <laughs> so yeah, some, like, he's the guy that can open the snack packs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're able to work together a lot of times, and it seems that doing that, it's it's level. Like they're both very formidable um, uh, combatants and uh, hunters. Yes, but together they are elite. Uh, very, very, very strong and uh, hard to defeat when they work together. Pardon me. And yeah, so they uh, they they trick them and lure them into this uh, this tall grass where what they were trying to escape at the beginning, the uh, dromeo, dromeo, soars, and the bats start fighting each other, and they just keep on keep on trucking to that peaceful oasis. That. It's freaking cool, man. Uh, yeah, I guess that that is now becoming a clear picture of the direction you watch these episodes in. For me, like this would be the turning point for maybe why the other way is better. If the writer intended to show Fang first being the one to to show that level of loyalty, because mm. uh, like the yeah, you, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it for this episode. Is like. Up until now, Spear has been the one that has been putting his life on the line for Fang. So I guess that's a, that inverts the relationship a little bit. The next episode is A Cold Death. Um, they're traveling through a Arctic-looking area. Um, well, I guess at first we see these woolly mammoths. Um, and there's an old one that gets separated from the pack. And Spear, who's freezing... Him and Fang go and kill this elderly mammoth, just so they can they can have uh, food and clothing in this uh, uh, desolate area. But um, yeah, you can tell that Spear it doesn't sit well with him. That he's like uh, pretty upset by you know having to look this like mighty beast in the eye as he's killing it because it's not. I don't know if he can tell that it's more intelligent than the other the other creatures that he normally kills, but it, like it seems to actually weigh on him. Uh, this is what the the mammoths were talking about, right? Right. Yeah. So we see the the elder woolly mammoth uh, go solo, and it almost kind of looks like the whole like virus fatigue and decrepitness and everything, like almost like it's just ready to die, pretty much. Calling and, out for the pack, they can't quite hear him in the snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, and I was actually kind of surprised that Spear and Fang were so relentless at the start of attacking this woolly mammoth, where I thought they would have like attacked, and he wouldn't have been so um, resistant. He, yeah. he wouldn't put as much of a fight, and they would have been curious about that. And then maybe it would have just been the kind of like trying to nurture him, like after the wounds, like say it was like a kill wound. You know, from the two of them, and they're like, "Oh no, like you're gonna die here." But like, let's try to make your like your suffering not so bad and comfortable, and then pass away. But like, they just kept at it. They just kept, and yeah. They, and like, yeah, Spear later on sees the eye. You know, like looks the the mammoth right in the eye and kind of has remorse. But it's not until like after like good solid minute and a half of fighting. One of my favorite scenes from any superhero uh, movie is the Watchmen when the hurricane uh, song plays and you have the retired superhero battling the people that have broken into his house. Mm -hmm. And for a minute you get to see 
who this person really is, not the person they've become through age and, you know, the degradation of time. So you got to see this mammoth be like who was probably the bull of the herd at some point, Mm -hmm. like some powerful beast. And like he got one last fight in. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just a, a... an aged patchy dying beast which i think has to i don't know it it seemed to really destroy some part of uh spirit to see to see that maybe the age comes for us all or something but uh yeah and then uh as they're hiding out uh and he's in his nice new fur coat. (laughs) the uh the mammoths uh turn back around and discover that they're elder has been killed and desecrated and they start to track down uh whoever did this uh it looks like there was some kind of carrion beasts feasting on it but then they just yeah i see like uh, saber-toothed canids and other things too yeah yeah scavenging and the mammoth's like what happened to you uh yeah and then uh of course because this is primal a fight breaks out when they find them. Yeah. <laughs> Fang and... Yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're in the cave, and there starts to become a, a rock slide in, inside the cave, so they're forced to come out, and the mammoths are there being like, uh-huh. The fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like when your dad comes home and sees like something broken in the entryway, and then it's just like, all right! And, you know, like... <laughs> and, yeah, like a massive herd, like definitely over... Um, over 10 of them yeah and very large beasts so you wonder again how they gonna get out of it don't seem to be able to do much if any damage either no like, very little like the way i thought it was like man they had such a hard time with like this almost dead mammoth mm-hmm. you know just you know meandering in the snow and getting lost and everything where they you know had such a hard time you know killing it and then they're gonna have to deal with this huge herd like ain't gonna happen the imagination of the writers too for the way that he uses these creatures that like no one would ever seen two willing mammoths fight but like somebody playing on their desk with like mammoth toys would have to come (laughs) up with like well we got a dinosaur so like they're just kind of ramming them and squishing them (laughs) like i just can only imagine it's like (laughs) they smash they smash like and they're trying to storyboard that out they smash kenny they smash you're insane. No, no, no. You just got to like, do, 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 do. He's like, uh, it's serenity when he's playing with his yeah. dinosaurs. We shall call this land, this land. I think we should call it your grave. Curse your inevitable. Your soon but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> Apparently that was his, uh, he, he did that himself. That was all ad lib. Oh, really? They, yeah. They saw him playing with uh, Alan. What is it? Alan Tudyk? Yep. Okay, I always I'm always curious how to pronounce his last name. I always name. call it two dick. Yeah, two dicks. Um, <laughs> and it's like apparently he was playing with them, and they had him on camera, and they had the the, the audio too. And it's like <laughs> you're in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, in the middle, not really the middle, but like eventually in the battle, um, Spear comes back and he sees that Fang's in trouble, so he kind of like pulls out whatever he can. Like he doesn't have his spear with him. And he grabs a part of the tusk. Yeah. And that, for whatever reason, just stops the whole slaughter, the battle, everything like that. And all the mammoths just stop and they're looking on in awe. And 
spirit eventually you know passes the the tusk over and that seems to uh make everything okay yeah okay so i was thinking uh did you what do you think if like they were just trying to gather the bones like because they go to that cemetery afterwards well the one thing i was curious about with the whole bone collection thing is like oh well there were bones from the site where the carry-on was uh you know picking apart and yeah you know there must have been some like parts of like the trunk or the skull or the you know the um the tusk and all that kind of stuff they left jerry behind to drag yeah. that over while they tracked it down <laughs> you stay here why well, i have to stay here um but i don't know maybe it's just the sign that like he brings it out and eventually sees what they're kind of after and then it kind of means a bit more and it's like hey let me offer this back to you yeah you know no hard feelings you know like we respected him you know in, in whatever battle that we had um you know and we respect you so just please leave us uh, alone and alive preferably <laughs> would be very much appreciated um should we move on to the the next episode one thing that we kind of were uh, curious about as well i remember from yesterday is um you have Fang, uh, a dinosaur, cold-blooded. Yes. And in this Arctic winter-like scene, and we're kind of like, okay, well, cold-blooded animals need uh, heat to really survive long periods of time. They usually just go in hibernation, and we're kind of curious how. Yeah, well, he even tries to cover them in like a... With a, with a mammoth hide, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't like it. No, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Magic doesn't work that way here. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, any kind of fantasy video game. And yeah, yeah, a female armor, a female breastplate, and like covers the nipples and just like a bit of the crotch. And it's like, oh, yeah, your armor is like plus 40 now. And it's like, there's nothing covering me. <laughs> what happens if I get stabbed in the stomach? It's like, no, your armor's great. Nothing bad is going to happen. Apparently, this is an old term, but I've just heard it now boob plate. And I think that is hilarious. It's like a real legit title. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, you're making me wear blue plate. Like, okay. uh, uh, any of the, the Mortal Kombat's. Yeah, instead of breastplate. Just because, like, anytime there's a female character, they just put on boob plate. Oh. Which I was, like, I was thinking about. And uh, it really, really bothers me in the uh, Star Wars comic books a lot. And, like, some of the other art depictions. Is, like, okay... The Imperial Navy, where the stormtroopers are all a part of, there is a lot of female stormtroopers after they get rid of the clones. But, like, all of a sudden, they're Do they get like, paid the same? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Do they uh, get the same amount of credits? Does anyone get paid as a stormtrooper? You would have to imagine, right? I would hope so. Can you retire? Or do you, you just have you to. You get a pension later on? Yeah. yeah. Benefits. What's the dental like as a stormtrooper? Well, I can tell you one thing. They all need to get their fucking vision checked. Uh, they oh, obviously God. don't have... Uh, <laughs> These great cutaways they have. Eye coverage. Online of like where the... the action... Free laser eye surgery. Like a bunch of lightsabers <laughs> just going in their eyes. The, like... uh, the cutaway of the, the Stormtrooper helmet. Like the, the, the visor is down here. I'm like, all right, just fix that. That there's a whole heads up display in there. But that's fine. Yeah. It's just like, well, if I go to a private company, I have to pay for that myself. But my benefits cover if I get eye surgery done by the empire. So I might as well get it done for free. And then all of these stormtroopers <laughs> got that done by the empire and they can't see that. Well, it's just like, well, for whatever reason, I got these, this helmet on and I'm in the death star. I can't hit shit. 
Yeah, it, it's all because it's like Darth Vader's nephew, Gerald uh, Skywalker, owns an optometry business, and it's nepotism. No, not not <laughs> Vader, because like he doesn't have like any like family. Well, I guess he does. Like now we don't see. know what Shmi was up to. But no, no, no. Um, uh, what were some of the commanders like Admiral? This uh, Tarkin. Uh, yeah, Tarkin. Tarkin. <laughs> Tarkin. <laughs> what my nephew's good boy. <laughs> uh, okay, but Vader, then, release him. <laughs> You know how many stormtroopers? <laughs> uh, the the boob plate for the this female stormtroopers just doesn't make any sense to me. And only after hearing that term, I was like, oh yeah, like all of a sudden, every stormtrooper always has had the same armor, and now it's like, no, specifically, we're gonna cut out like plasticized boobs for you. I'm like, does that? What that doesn't seem like comfortable. <laughs> do they get cup sizes and then go off of that? Like, mm. or do the breast pads molded? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, they're all clones, though, right? Uh, after uh, Revenge of the Sith, they start to phase them all out, and they start oh, okay. to uh, they recruit human recruit, beings. Yeah, okay, mostly humans. There's some uh, uh, Xenos or alien species, but uh, yeah. Palpatine was kind of a racist. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. You know, we don't want to talk ill of the dead, but like, I think the only admiral, a grand admiral, it was Thrawn that was well, not. That, like, Empire definitely has Nazi vibes. Oh yeah, yeah come on, <laughs> stormtroopers. They, they had the best uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> we got them on bulk. What we know is the second last episode, or what we perceived as the second last episode. This is episode two. So. They're hunting warthog-like uh, animals. Um, Spear keeps getting pissed off at Fang because Fang keeps like taking the actual kill. The yes. satisfaction away from, from Spear, who seems to do most of the legwork. Or has the prime chance to kill, and Fang takes it away. This is irritating Spear over time. Uh, we see it again and again. And even some other little things, too, like um, uh, being annoying, like you know, snoring or something like that when he's yes. trying to relax and all these other uh, things going on as well and you can see like they just the rage building up building up and you compared it to almost like uh going on a road trip with a friend <laughs> over time or, or like a trip with a friend or something like that where every little thing just it would normally it just would you wouldn't notice or whatever you just analyze and you're like you fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't get a break at all um so yeah, it's it, uh, like even like there was a poop scene, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Like he's trying to take a dump and Fang dumps beside him. Uh, she dumps beside him. But uh, uh, where does this lead? This uh, he. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. A flash flood. OK, so this they're snakes. They're actually fighting. They, they come to blows. Yeah. And it looks like uh, uh, Fang. She's holding back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just like, oh, like, fuck, man. Like, and there's a scene in the cave where they're trying to relax. They have a fire going. Fang is sleeping, snoring. The spear <laughs> wakes her up, you know, tells her to shut up. When he starts doing hand shapes or, you know, uh, hand shadow shapes uh, against the wall from the light from the fire, I thought he was doing it to kind of like cut the tension, you know, like, hey, let me be the bigger person. Let me just like try to like cut the tension with a knife here and just you know, just just get rid of it. Yeah, you know, let let's reconcile. Let's make like let's make amends. 
and then let's get some cheap laughs out of this. It's like, have you ever seen this? Like, how funny is this? Like, let's see you do it. <laughs> I can do a bunny. Um, uh, but then it's actually, you know, he starts having flashbacks with the dinosaur, and then he sees Fang, and it's just like, oh, yeah, fucking yeah. dinosaurs fucking killed my family kind of thing. So, it, Like a PTSD moment where he's yes. losing all rationality. He's uh, disassociating, and his imagination is actually creating visions. We can see him not really um, handling the grief really well. Like he's seeing his children beside him. And so he's like entertaining them. Like again, like the way I thought he was doing it for Fang, he's actually doing it for what he sees is his children next to him. What a cool twist, right? Pardon me. What a cool twist, though. Yeah, exactly. And this is where I was talking about where, if I was gonna put it any which way, this is where the first episode to this episode I find is very key. Mm -hmm. Where everything else so far has just been like, okay, cool, they're just on adventures right now. But these, this episode here, and then the next one. The last one for us, but the first one for everybody else that watches it in order. Those ones were like, those are kind of key to like the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, to kind of like put it in propelling uh, motion there. So for us, we're just like, okay, they're having their first big, you know, tiff, essentially. Yeah. They're having a, an issue with one another and they are actually fighting. So, uh, but then they like their, their, um, uh, quarrel eventually has them uh, come upon a den of snakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scares the shit out of both of them, and uh-huh. they start to back away. Yep. And uh, then a flash flood happens, and the snakes, uh, they, they're trying to swim. Well, I guess they're getting swept away towards this uh, waterfall with the snakes uh, being attacked. But we have those uh, the realization that this is the dream, uh, the flashback that Fang had. I guess this wouldn't be a flashback, but in the viewing order that we had when they were in the Oasis and she uh, freaked out seeing the worm, like she has her PTSD moment. It's from this event, which uh, uh, they're, they're fighting off all these venomous looking snakes. She's getting bit in the back. Uh, Spears managing to fight them off. But in the last moment, uh, as they're about to go over the waterfall, he uh, spear, comes back and saves Fang by getting her to latch on to the body of this massive python and they're uh, got themselves levered over a cliff with a bunch of spikes at the bottom of it mm. um, they slip they fall which like you, you think in that moment like any other show they would have had the swing to safety and everything's yeah. okay yeah but- <laughs> well we had the foreshadowing beforehand like where they were making their way up uh, the side of the waterfall and like how daunting it looked with like this, you know, against spires and spikes and all that kind of stuff. This doom and gloom at the bottom of the waterfall. And I miss that actually. Good oh, catch. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually when I was playing Wolfenstein too. Like, come on, man, where, where were you? <laughs> uh, and as they're falling down the wa- the waterfall, um, and uh, Spears trying to save Fang, who's at the end, and like, the snakes start slipping. And then it looks like Fang falls no problem right into the water. Spear, <laughs> concuss, concuss, concuss. <laughs> Again, we'll have to do like a condensed version of the whole show. And it's just like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know? And uh, so he's unconscious in the water. And Fang rescues him um, where they're able to reconcile and make amends. And seems to be okay at yeah. that point. And yeah. Uh, so. 
the uh, the birth of their friendship if you watch it in the original air order or like a reconciliation based on the way we watched it. Um, very cool episode. And then we go to episode number one, Spear and Fang. Good name. Great name. <laughs> Gives you everything you need to know. Um, so we essentially covered a lot of this episode when we were talking about episode number uh, eight, Coven of the Damned, where she goes back and she sees this, but we get greater context and detail of these horned Tyrannosaurus uh, Rexes that uh, come and kill Spear's family. And as Spear thinks that Fang, he's tracking a uh, Tyrannosaurus down, is one of these beasts that killed his family he realizes that it's just a mother protecting her babies Mm -hmm. and she gets attacked and they fight really friggin hard to try to save her babies he he gives everything he can um i guess one part that i would have skipped over here is uh where mira worshiped the moon because it was something to do with her heart like we're not I, sure. well I'm, I'm curious about that because like looking into it like i saw some trivia apparently the language she's speaking is arabic oh cool now if she is praying to the moon um the crescent moon has a, a significant symbol uh in the muslim faith so and like i'm not going to go any more into that just because i don't really know everything for sure but i do know because uh, the crescent moon holds a lot of um, important symbolism and uh, meaning in the Muslim faith, faith because it's on so many Muslim countries' flags. It has to do some. I believe it has to do, to do with um, um, uh, Allah or Muhammad in certain sto- uh, stories and um, um, you know uh, scriptures and stuff. But uh, again, mm-hmm. that's really important on a lot of the flags. So that's how I know about that part. So if she is of that faith and she's speaking arabic that would be the thought but yeah. maybe it's just a parallel and it's loosely based and it's something else but you can see that's very ritualistic because every time it's crescent moon she does her um uh ritual of her you know arms going in certain shapes uh, not, not shapes but uh, a certain routine yeah and uh yeah yeah and they're observing it they find it quite interesting i actually would probably wouldn't mind watching that episode again Sometime. For sure, um, uh, I thought that was quite uh, probably one of again another one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, but you see, like, and, and as we went backwards, you could actually see like the the animation quality deteriorate a little bit. Maybe not deteriorate, but um, not as sharp. Definitely not as rougher. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <clears throat> well, that's interesting. Over the course of ten episodes, it would get that much better. But uh, hmm. the uh he he's looking up he's about to commit suicide and well it appears that he's about to commit suicide and walk off the edge of a cliff uh but he can't quite bring himself to do it and as the sun rises he sees his family in the sun and he decides like it it means something to him i i don't know exactly what Mm -hmm. like you don't see them beckoning there's no real hints but it's kind of a, a cool moment but like yeah, his spiritualism must come from the sun and his his family or something. So that's yeah. probably the the connective tissue between here him and Mira. But uh, it, it's what pushes him to go forward. And then, yeah, the tragedy of Fang's family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the end for us. <laughs> the yeah. beginning for other people. Um, 
yeah, yeah. Tim, what, what was your overall view of this of this uh, series so far? Like th- this first season and what we're waiting for a second season, but thus far, like what do you think about it? Uh, I am blown away by the art. Mm. Uh, I'm blown away by the writing. I think this is going to quickly become something that I consistently go back to. I hope that they keep it as condensed as it is. Ten episodes, unconventional storytelling, and uh, yeah, I, I am so excited to see something different. Like, I, I didn't know episode to episode what was going to happen, and that's something I uh, pride myself on is I can pick up on what is about to happen in a story five minutes in. And it gets a little bit boring, but like this, you were left waiting and wanting to see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I do appreciate a different take on it where it doesn't need to be a lot of dialogue. Yeah. The dialogue is almost non-existent, only a few times, especially towards the very end. Like even with these, the one episode with the, the witches. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't really have dialogue between each one of them. It's just mostly noises where you think they would be able to speak. Yeah. You know, like how do you give instruction on how to cast certain spells and everything, right? But you know, everyone's quite silent. So that is quite interesting. And then when you do hear sounds, like they kind of hold a bit more of an importance. You, um, you could have made Mira English speaking. You could have subtitled the ape men. Yeah. But like to keep with that unconventional way that he did it, it's mm-hmm. definitely interesting. No, I 100% agree. Uh, the, again, with you, the animation is top notch. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 bells there. Uh <clears throat> Uh, yeah, the sound effects are great. Uh, characters are quite dynamic as well. I, I like the attention to creating uh, more creatures, but they're not creating them. Like they're, they they existed. Yeah. So it's not just your stereotypical this or this or this. Like what you and I say. Oh, it's just like a just a big brachiosaurus. It's like well, no, it's a it's actually this. <laughs> uh, and then we get to see like. Some that are kind of like, oh, okay, well, that has a, a few liberties, you know, like this giant spider. Not saying there weren't giant spiders, but, you know, not I really as uh, well known. Mm-hmm. And these man bats. Uh, but we see lots of ape men type creatures. Uh, we see lo- we've see we seen um, some water beasts of some sort. Yeah. Uh, snakes, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's interesting to see all these battles and like, especially with the magic. The different yeah. communities with magic it keeps it keeps you on your toes because it's not just cavemen, you know. It's not just caveman and dinosaur and woman. It's you know, oh well, these people are able to do some type of rituals that you know we're able to turn uh, a, a caveman into a fetus <laughs> and change the whole gender <laughs> and everything within this uh, sorceress, and then it's rebirthed. So whoa, that's kind of freaky, and it it. I think the amount of dialogue does limit the possibility of intense, uh, not intense, pardon me, with, uh, well, yeah, no, maybe deep explanations of who's this, who's that, uh, what else could happen, like investigating areas. So it's like, well, where did this magic come from? All that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Besides just someone like showing you. Like waving their hand and like then you see what happens. There's no real like explanation of like let me tell you a story. Let me say this. Let me say that. Um, so I think there are points where it limits them a little bit. But did you enjoy it? Oh yeah, th- thoroughly. I, like, I would, did I would, you I would, enjoy that aspect? I meant sorry. 
of the limited dialogue or like the the loose ends the the stuff that isn't directly explained i don't mind it at all it it gives it a chance to come back like they're only half hour episodes and there's only 10 episodes per season Mm -hmm. so that that we've seen so far so i don't mind that and they 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 will or they won't go back to it it all depends on how much um you know uh pardon me how much uh, creativity they have yeah with what they want to create for more uh, episodes I think that's an older style of writing that you see from like Goonies, the first run of Star Wars, other movies where they don't want to handhold you or like, oh, you're not smart enough to get this. So they just give you pieces Mm -hmm. so that you can build a world in your head. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I definitely appreciated about this show is that you and I can talk and have different opinions and we'll see where it goes from here or it's just left up to like, who knows how a lightsaber works? Yeah, I, I'm sure there's so, like you look at some TV shows, uh, cartoons and stuff, where eventually once they create enough of a cult following, they will reference things that have formerly happened. Yeah, but the way I see it mostly is like the X Men series. Their timeline's so messed up <laughs> that they can't really argue what's happened here, what's happened there. So, but it's it's like South Park. You know, yeah. it's like they can reference a lot of stuff that happened before, but only recently, like the last five seasons or so, have they actually had an episode by episode which references the previous episode directly. And they're all related. Like the season would have a theme. Yeah. Where previous seasons would be like, okay, we're going from Make Love Not Warcraft to Guitar Quiro. Yeah. You know, which has nothing connected to one another. And then it'd be, uh, you know, the, the, the cheesing episode where Kenny's getting high off cat piss. Like, there's no real correlation between them. But later on, they'll reference the, the back Kuhn then. episodes. Or and we like can play the video the, games and stuff. Yeah. But so I can see that happening if they go on for multiple seasons. Like, let's say they do eight seasons of Primal. Yeah. They will eventually, I would believe, they would eventually re- make reference to certain things that happened before, like they already have. Not every episode they reference to something that's happened before. But we do have that catalyst. Yeah. I, I think that I, I'm going to be okay with that. But like as long as it's not the Marvel Studios version of like, here is this character. Here is where he's from. Here is mm-hmm. this. Yeah, here is yeah, that. Yeah. Like it's so cookie cutter that like I got very excited by the loose ends. Yeah. Um, I Out of 10, what would you rate this show? And do you think you're going to come back for the next season? Would I, you suggest this? I would definitely watch this the next season once it comes out. Yeah. I'll probably wait till like... I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't like to wait episode by episode. I'd rather just wait for all of it to come out. Um, yeah. No, I'd probably give it like a 9.2 out of 10. Yeah. Big time. Um, there's a few other things that I would find more uh, you know, more interesting if they... You know, the, the action scenes are amazing. But at the same time, I'd like to see more depth. Yes. With the characters and growth and stuff. Like, as interesting as the the Mammoth episode was, I felt there could have been a lot more to it. Yeah. It, to me, that just seemed like, okay, cool. Like, uh, they're acknowledging the Mammoth herd and <laughs> they're in uh, snow now. All right. Yes. Where that, to me, that might have been like a waste of an episode where they could have, you know, gone with more character development uh, more of a deep dive with um, certain characters or why this is happening or why that's happening, blah, 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 blah. This has been a fun show to, to watch with you. Or maybe made an ally with the mam- mammoths, you know, oh, where it's like, oh, hey, like, can we get a ride and hang They drag out? them back to, like, the cemetery and then they yeah. they got buddies from now on. Yeah, they have, like, they're awkwardly hanging out there in a tuxedo. And it's just, <laughs> not a tuxedo, but, like, morning is like, yeah, so what's your name? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, how long have you known the deceased? Oh, okay. What are the chances he is an ancestor, or a predecessor to Brock Sampson from Venture Brothers? Yeah, exactly. Eh? Yeah, yeah, some kind of connection with the Venture Bros. You made that comparison. Um, I, uh, and and to yourself, what would you rate it out of 10? I think 9.2 is, is, is a great mm. rating. Mm. You know, it, it could be a 10 out of 10. I, I don't... I don't really see too many flaws with it. Uh, the animation, you pointed that out, which is quite noticeable. Yeah, that's just in time. But, um, money, money, money. Money, money, money. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I I hope that this... Uh, Jenny Tchaikovsky... I always mess up his name. Um, he continues to do whatever the hell he wants with this show and doesn't take a lot of outside influence. Like the Dan Harmon, it's just going to be what it is. Yeah. They've proven themselves that they know how to write a story. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just excited to nope. be the audience in this. No, nope. The amount of cr- uh, critique I have for it is very minimal. And you know what? Yeah. He, they have a plan. And <laughs> I'll enjoy it. I'll watch it. And I'll love it. Yeah. Well, and I did want to say this has been especially fun to sit down and watch with you and go back over. You have some uh, great ideas. And uh, just bouncing it back and forth to see what we can come up with with what's possible. Um, do you have any... Uh, what's it called? Uh, predictions for what's going to happen next season. Uh, next season. Um, well, going <laughs> to what we watched first, um, I predict that uh, Fang and Spear try to recapture Mira, mm-hmm. and they make that pursuit. You see a boat with a sail. Maybe he tries to create a boat and a sail, and he tries to learn that kind of stuff. Maybe he recruits a few more friends. Oh, and uh, yeah, maybe they'll uh, try to liberate these people, and it'll be a lot of learning for him, as we already saw with Mira teaching him certain things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I'm right along the same lines. I think they're probably gonna go after uh, Mira. Maybe look at a witch to uh, control one of those alligator monsters, and they can just get pulled. Yeah, maybe. I don't think the the, the witch people are very uh, happy with them. Yeah, they're, not, they're gonna have trouble. Finding them. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, that's uh, been our mini episodes. We're probably going to cut this up into a few different ones, but uh, I hope you enjoyed. If you have any fan theories or if you think that we're right or wrong, please email us and let us know. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.